had decided they could do a better job than God and be their own God, but found instead that everything went wrong. They tried to cover up their sin and their shame by sewing fig leaves together, but that just couldn't do it. And so God had to provide the covering for them. He said he killed an animal, he sacrificed one to cover them with skins. Because once sin enters the picture, the only remedy from sin is through God. We can't decide for ourselves how to fix what's wrong with us or how to take care of our sins. It has to be God's way, and he is the provider. We looked at Abraham when he was called to sacrifice his son Isaac and how hard that must have been and difficult to be able to give up the son that you love so very much. But again, God provided. He provided a lamb to be crucified instead of Isaac. Because even though Abraham loved Isaac and was willing to sacrifice him, Isaac could not atone for the sins of the world. He was a sinful man. He wasn't perfect. And so even though it would have been something that Abraham was willing to do, We know that God would not accept the blood of Isaac as the atonement for sin. There had to be a different lamb, a different purpose, different person. Then we looked last week at the children of Israel being liberated from Egypt, being able to come into the promised land that God had said would be theirs. They were only liberated by God's mighty hand because once again they couldn't leave. There was nothing they could do on their own. And so at a time that was instituted and called Passover, a perfect lamb was slain in every household. They put the blood around the doors. And when death came into the picture, those who were in the shelter of the house that had blood on the door were passed over. Death did not come to those households. Instead, life was in the blood. And they were able to leave Egypt make their way to the promised land. And God gave them at Sinai the law, which allowed them to sacrifice animals continually, day and night, in order to atone for their sins and as worship to God. But no matter how many animals they sacrificed, they could not really take away their sin. In the plan and purpose of God, someone had to come into the world, a man had to come who wouldn't sin, who didn't sin and lay down his life. And we know that person is Jesus Christ. And now today on Passover, or Palm Sunday as we call it, and coming into the Passover season, Jesus Christ became the Passover lamb. Because as you read this story, he was coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. He would be the final Passover lamb. After he laid down his life, they'd never need another one because his blood wouldn't just cover sin, it would actually take it away. And as he's coming into Jerusalem this final time, the people were excited, the people understood that something was happening. And as he began to come into Jerusalem, they began to praise and worship him. Luke 19, starting at verse 28, tells the story. It says, after Jesus had said this, He went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, 
Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. To fulfill the scripture, Jesus needed to ride into Jerusalem this last time on a colt. But where would he get a colt? Jesus knew where one was. He knew just the one that he wanted to ride in on. And so he sent his disciples off to get it. He told them where it would be and how it would be tied up. And he says, if anybody asks you, just tell them I need it. And with that, they went off and found the colt and untied it. And sure enough, the owner of the colt came out and said, why are you untying my colt? And they answered just as Jesus said, the Lord needs it. And the man must have said, well, okay then, go and take it. Because they took it, and that's the colt that Jesus rode in on. That kind of impresses you, don't, doesn't it? That this man is, is just ready to give up what is very important to him is colt, just because the Lord needs it. Think about that today. If you've got your car sitting in your driveway and someone was out there trying to open the door of your car and get in and drive it away, and you walked out and said, what are you doing with my car? And they said, the Lord needs it. How many of you would say, well, go ahead and take it then? Or would you be on the phone calling the police as fast as you could or, or doing something to get your car back? Because sometimes we're not really ready to do what the Lord wants us to do. But somehow this man had heard of Jesus. This owner of the colt knew what was about to happen. And he didn't want to be a problem. He wanted to be part of what was happening. And so in any way that he could be a part Apparently, he was ready to do it. And so when they said the Lord needed the colt, he was ready to give the colt to them. You know, that's the kind of attitude we need all the time. You never know when opportunity is going to come for you to be part of what the Lord is doing. But he gives us these opportunities, and he wants us to be involved. Can you answer immediately when the Lord asks you to do something? Or are you just one of those people filled with a million excuses? The people that have been part of this service today understand when given the opportunity, you have to take it. Parents that have understood, we need the Lord's help in raising our children. And so when the opportunity came, they brought them to be prayed for. People that have found the Lord as their Savior and understand that command to repent and be baptized. And so we're willing to take that opportunity to meet the Lord in the waters of baptism. And now those of you down here willing to be confirmed, knowing that the Lord has taught you many things and you want to continue to grow in the grace of Jesus Christ and answer his call upon your life. See, we all are called for a purpose. And when we have the opportunity to fulfill that calling, we need to take it. This man was willing to give Jesus his colt. And so they took it to Jesus. Jesus sat on it, a colt that had never been ridden before. 
But apparently the colt even knew that Jesus Christ was sitting on him. And so he started on his way to Jerusalem. Verse 36. It says, as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. They began to worship and praise. They began to get excited for who this man was, the king that they had been waiting for, the one who was going to fulfill all the promises they had been told about over time. And they began to worship, they began to praise, they began to wave palm branches, knowing that the king was riding into Jerusalem. You know, when the Lord is in the place, you can't help but get excited. And worship and praise is part of our nature. It's just something we want to do when we're in the house of the Lord. That's why when we come together and we have a time of worship and praise together, it's that opportunity to tell the Lord how grateful you are for everything he's done for you. They were excited by what Jesus had been doing in their midst, the miracles he had performed, the things he had done, the teachings they, that he had given. And they were excited about what was about to take place. And you know, the Lord does things in our lives as well. When he saves you from your sin and gives you a new start in life, that should make you excited about the future. Because now you have a very different future than the one you had without Jesus Christ. And so that opportunity to come together and worship and praise his name and thank him for what he's done is something that should make you glad to be in the house of the Lord, to sing to his name, to praise his name, because we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus Christ has healed many of us, and we have the opportunity to thank him for that. We've been delivered from all kinds of sin and the hold sin had on us. Many of us have been restored and relationships in our families and friends have been, have been restored through all that Jesus has done for, him, for us. We've been given a new start in life and we too should want to praise him. See, there's just something wrong if you don't really want to praise the Lord. You knew there was something wrong with the Pharisees because with everybody getting excited, they were getting upset. And they came to Jesus because they knew what they were saying was a fulfillment of the Old Testament and meant they considered Jesus to actually be God. And so no one was supposed to say that because nobody could claim to be God. So they came to Jesus and they said, stop them all from saying this. Don't let them praise you this way. And Jesus said, hey, if they don't do it, even the stones, the rocks are going to get excited and they're going to cry out. Because when you know who Jesus is, when it's dawned on you, he really is divine. He's the son of God. He is able to seek and save those of us that are lost. You want to tell others and you want to tell him. So worship is just part of our nature to get us excited about what the Lord is doing 
and we want to tell him. I don't want a rock to take my place. I don't know who you want to take your place, but it's better to come into the house of the Lord and be a worshiper than it is to let someone else take your place. It was a great day that day he rode in. But you know, Jesus knew the future. And he knew no matter how excited they were and how popular he was at that moment, before the week was out, things would be very different. So you never know what the future is going to bring your way. When you have opportunities to worship and praise in the good times, you want to take those opportunities. Because it's always possible that life can just go in a direction you didn't expect it to go. And most of Jesus' followers would find that out by the end of the week, that things were going to go in a direction that they didn't expect. But Jesus knew it. And he knew that with all their worship and praise, they really wouldn't be there at the end because they really didn't understand the direction he was going. Verse 41, it says, As he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city. He wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. It's a terrible thing to miss the day of your visitation. To not understand that when Jesus is calling, that's the time to respond. Because you might think you have ever, ever any opportunities later or whatever might be happening, but again, you don't know. A lot of them in Jerusalem were willing to stick with their tradition. They really didn't want to change. They really didn't want to put their faith in this man called Jesus because they weren't really sure if he was who he claimed to be. And so they didn't, they didn't really get connected to him. And in fact, as the week progressed, they would get so angry with him that he would eventually be crucified and nailed to the cross. This week we call Holy Week is the rehearsing of that story. How from one Sunday to the next, he could be hailed as the king coming into Jerusalem but by the end of the week be nailed to a cross because they would miss the day of their visitation. And because they didn't put their faith in Jesus as Jesus prophesied to them, judgment would come instead. Because if you're not where you belong in the household of faith, all you really have is a fearful looking to of judgment because it's a sad day to miss the day of your visitation. We always think we have more time than sometimes we have. We always think we have more opportunities than we actually have. But you know, unless you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you really aren't where you need to be and your future is not yet secure. That's why this week it's the opportunity to come to the church to invite people to the church who might not ever come any other time, but somehow Easter is just a Sunday that they, 
are willing to show up for. And this Sunday to see the story of resurrection of the Lamb and the difference that he can make in our lives is an opportunity for many people to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and who he is. And it's your opportunity, if you know Jesus Christ, to bring them along so that they don't miss their opportunity and not really become part of what God is doing in this world. But today we have a group in front of us who hasn't missed the day of their opportunity, who when asked to give their lives to Jesus Christ, understood the importance of that and did become part of the household of faith, have been buried with Christ in baptism, have been filled with the Holy Spirit, have studied the word and know the importance of it. And now this morning we want to take the opportunity to confirm them in the faith of Jesus Christ because we don't know what the future holds. We don't know the direction God will take them through life. But we know if they are planted in what they have learned, planted in the faith of Jesus Christ, that he will keep them through all their days. It's not the people who start the race that get the reward. It's the ones that end it well. And so we want to pray this morning that the Lord will keep you to the day that you end your race and hear, well done good and faithful servant. So I'm going to ask those of you being confirmed this morning if you will make your way to the altars and the elders that are standing with them, if you will join them at the altars as we take this opportunity to lay hands on them, to confirm them in the faith, to ask the Lord's blessing, and to know that he will keep us through whatever the Lord may bring our way. So class, I'm going to ask you if you will kneel. And elders, if you will begin to pray. And congregation, just pray with me and ask the Lord's blessing. Maybe reach out your hand towards them as we pray. And ask the Holy Spirit to indeed meet them this morning. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that you have called and these people have responded to your call. That you have saved them. You have baptized them. You have filled them with your spirit. And we know that you have gifted them in ways that none of us yet understand, but because you have a calling for their lives, we know that you can guide and direct their steps to fulfill what you have as the purpose for their lives. So Lord, I ask now that, as the scripture says in the psalm, that as trees planted by the living waters... Our roots will go down and we will grow to become a magnificent tree. Lord, may their roots go down deep into your word. As they continue to study the word, may your spirit show them the truths that are there. And may they become so solid in the word that nothing will shake them. And may they grow into a great tree, a tree that bears fruit, to bring others to the knowledge of who you are. Lord, just solidify them in their faith. May they have what you promised through your spirit, that power and love and a sound mind will be imparted to them now as we lay hands on them. Lord, may they grow in your grace. May they understand that they are here because you, you are the one who called them. And Lord, I thank you that we can impart a blessing to them that we can ask your Holy Spirit to guide their steps all the days of their lives. 
And now, Lord, we put them into your hands and ask your confirming word into their hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you. And now I want to introduce to you those who will be coming into membership this morning. Some of them were just prayed for as part of our confirmation and then another as well. So we will be praying for them and welcoming them and then giving you the opportunity to welcome them. So our new members this morning, first of all, James Brandon, we want to welcome you into the fellowship this morning. If you can take your place at the altar. Also, Christine Brandon. Thank you. And then Karen Harrington, who we heard from this morning in such a beautiful word. Thank you. Carl Mazel Jr. Carl is already down here, I think. Yep. Jeff Paxton. Yep. Laura Serkovich. And Carl Williams, come on up. And, thank you. Congregation, won't you stand with me? As we not only have this opportunity to pray over them, bring this meeting to the close, but to know that these are exciting times to know that God still calls from generation to generation and that we can be part of the community called the church that he has called us to be. Because as we've heard today, things happen. Uh, we lose people. The funerals we will have this weekend that we have had are the opportunity to show our love and care and concern for one another. Because we are family. We are part of the body of Christ. And now these are new additions to our family. And we welcome them and are glad they're here. And I hope you're excited that they are here as well. So let's ask the Lord's blessing on them as well. Lord, I thank you for this congregation that is here, this family that you have given to us. And I thank you for these lives that have been changed and found you and want to be part of this family. Because, Lord, we know as we work together, we can accomplish so much more than we can ever do alone. And, Lord, I thank you that you brought these people to us. And now together may we grow in love and fellowship. May together we understand what the Lord has gifted us to do and be able to respond to your call. Lord, we don't want to be just tied to the post like that donkey was and stay there forever. We want to be people that answer your call. And so, Lord, put a desire in their hearts to really want to be part of this church and to reach out to those that you have yet to bring in, that need to know who you are and need to know that you can change their situation. Bless them, I pray, in the name of the Lord. And bless us all this week, Lord, as we have this opportunity to remember all that you've done for us. May we come together Wednesday in prayer to spend some time like you did in the garden, knowing that we need to be in your presence. We need to talk to you and you talk to us. And prayer is such a, a wonderful thing. And as we gather on Friday to remember your crucifixion, the price that you paid so that we could be here today, we just want to thank you for that opportunity to know your blood saved us all. And then, Lord, Easter Sunday, the great resurrection, 
to know death has been conquered and we as your people will live forever and reign with you. Not only uh, with eternal life, but Lord, as you return again, you set up a new heaven and new earth. Lord, what a family time and celebration that's going to be as well. And so as we worship and praise your name, and we thank you for all that you've done, Lord, bless us now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Before you leave, won't you come on up and welcome these people that are here and say, good to meet you if you don't know them. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. And God bless all of you this week.